Welcome to the Victory of the Lamb podcast. We are a simple, straightforward Bible teaching church in Katy, Texas. If you are in the area, we'd love for you to stop by anytime. Otherwise, we hope you use this podcast to grow in your faith and be confident in sharing it with many. You can find us online at VOTL.org. We hope you enjoy this message, and God bless your week. A pretty remote area. And there, off the track a little bit, off the trail, covered with a little bit of dirt, you see an envelope, and it says on it, Finders Keepers. In the envelope, there's $5. You pick it up, or do you just leave it there for someone else? Same thing, except this time in an envelope, says Finders Keepers. There's $500 in there. You pick it up, or do you leave it for someone else? Same thing. Hiking remotely. There's the envelope, finders, keepers. $5,000 inside. Whoa. Do you pick it up, or do you leave it there? Last one. Finders, keepers. There's the envelope. Check. For $5 million inside. Would you leave that line on the ground? Today in the scriptures we hear an account of someone who did leave $5 million on the ground. And we'll explore why he did such a thing. We'll also explore why someone else who thought that was the dumbest idea he'd ever heard of be exposed by God's word. Here's the setting. Israel, in the year 800 B.C. or so, is often at war with the country of Aram. And the Aramean commander of thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of troops, was a man named Naaman. Naaman was used to thundering orders, and thousands of men listen and do exactly what he wants when he wants. But then something happened to Naaman that he couldn't just thunder orders to and have it listen. Naaman caught the disease leprosy. A death sentence. It had no cure. It was going to be a slow, miserable path to doom at some point. Naaman had just recently won a battle with Israel and had taken some Israelite girls back with him for slaves in his house. A servant girl who, instead of being angry and sad and fist in the air towards God that she had to leave her home and go to Aram in this guy's house, instead decided, I am going to honor God. And that girl told Naaman, oh, if only you could visit with my Master in Samaria, someone who is a prophet, someone who might be able to cure you of leprosy. Naaman looked into it a little bit and then decided he would give it a shot. Got his horses ready, he got his chariot ready, he got his servants ready. They hightailed it down to Samaria and thundered with this whole entourage in front of Elisha's house in the middle of nowhere, most likely. This tiny little shack of a prophet and this big, huge 
glitzy entourages there, parked outside in the front. Naaman had with him 750 pounds of silver, 150 pounds of gold, and 10 sets of fine clothes. Total all of that up in today's money, approximately $5 million he brought with him because he assumed if I'm going to get this prophet in an enemy nation that we just defeated to cure me, the lead commander of their enemy of leprosy, I'm going to need to give him some big money. Elisha told Naaman, go wash in the Jordan seven times and you'll be healed. And after some stomping around and not really wanting to do that, Naaman did it and he was cleansed. Then came time to pay the holy man. And Naaman offered all that he had brought with him. And Elisha said, no. He left that $5 million laying on the ground. Life-changing money! He said, no. Why? Now remember, this is not something in the Scripture that tells us, yes, every time you run across $5 million laying on the ground, you should never pick it up. Rather, this is not, this is not a prescription to follow. This is just describing what happened one time. The heart behind Elisha's move is more important than the activity. The heart behind Elisha's move was this. He wanted to make sure Naaman got a clear witness of God's word. He wanted to make sure Naaman caught God's grace is not for sale. God's grace is not a cooperation effort. Naaman, you have been healed of your leprosy just because God wanted to by His grace. He gave you that gift. And what's more, you are a sinner like anyone else on planet Earth, but you have a Savior coming one day to forgive you from all of your sin. And that grace and forgiveness that plants a sinner into his or her heavenly home also is not for sale, nor will it ever be for sale. Elisha was content to leave the money out lying on the ground. He didn't miss it at all, that life-changing money, because it was more important to him to make sure God's word was witnessed clearly. His grace is not for sale. It's a gift. Naaman also was content to accept the gift. He was not going home unsettled. Well, if I don't give him at least something, is this really going to last? Well, if I don't pay him any money, is this blessing actually a curse? He believed what Elisha said. He took God's word at face value. And he was content to say, God's grace is not for sale for me, and I have it. What a gift that I've been cured from leprosy as well as from any barrier that would otherwise stand between me and God. 
I wish the account stopped there. But we hear more about a man who had a very different heart than Elisha. His servant, Gehazi. Let's read what happened when Gehazi noticed all of this going on and had a very different heart than either Elisha or Naaman, who was content with God's word. Verse 20 is where we will start of the reading. Gehazi, the servant of Elisha, the man of God, said to himself, My master was too easy on Naaman, this Aramean, by not accepting from him what he brought. As surely as the Lord lives, I will run after him and get something from him. So far, he's only talking to himself. Nobody else. What he was saying to himself inside his mind. So Gehazi hurried after Naaman. When Naaman saw him running toward him, he got down from the chariot to meet him. Is everything all right? He asked. Everything is all right, Gehazi answered. My master sent me to say, two young men from the company of the prophets have just come to me from the hill country of Ephraim. Please give them a talent of silver and two sets of clothing. By all means, take two talents, said Naaman. He urged Gehazi to accept them and then tied up the two talents of silver in two bags with two sets of clothing. He gave them to two of his servants and they carried them ahead of Gehazi. When Gehazi came to the hill, he took the things from the servants and put them away in the house. He sent the men away and they left. When he went in and stood before his master, Elisha asked him, Where have you been, Gehazi? Your servant didn't go anywhere, Gehazi answered. But Elisha said to him, Was not my spirit with you when the man got down from his chariot to meet you? Is this the time to take money or to accept clothes or olive groves or vineyards or flocks and herds or male and female slaves? The obvious answer to his question is, no, this is not the time to accept any of that. There might be another time when that is a God-pleasing thing to do, but not now. Naaman's leprosy will cling to you and to your descendants forever. Then Gehazi went from Elisha's presence, and his skin was leprous. It had become as white as snow. Let's unpack Gehazi's sin a little bit, because that will help us as we realize Gehazi is not the only person in the world who is exposed by God's word. We also are, aren't we? It started, as I mentioned, with him talking to himself. Whether you like it or not, the most common advisor you have is yourself. You talk to yourself in your mind far more than anybody else does. And when what you say to yourself is not in line with God's word, you're lying to yourself. And Gehazi was lying to himself here. Elisha's so stupid, he left $5 million on the ground. That's life-changing money. Even a tenth of it is life-changing money. Even 1% of it is life-changing money, or at least year-changing money. What is he thinking? He, he threw away the lottery ticket. i got to do something about this if we're ever going to get out of the, the current spot that we're in. 
he told himself greedy lies. And he went to Naaman and he told him a story about two men coming from the company of the prophets. That's their version of young guys going to seminary back in the day. Oh, we got two new seminary students. We weren't expecting that. Do you think we could have just a little bit of money from what you brought to help out to, to take care of them? And Naaman said, sure, because his heart was in the right place and he wasn't hearing the facts. Gehazi, I'm sure, also told himself, well, I'm not asking for that much. He, he showed us $5 million he wanted to give. I'm only asking one talent of silver, about 40000 So uh, he only asked for, say, $40,000, leaving $4.96 million still on the ground. Just think how he rationalized it. That was perfectly fine. And Naaman, being generous, said, Oh, you want, here, take 80. 80,000 for you. And Gehazi's probably thinking, Sweet. All right. He took it. He went home. He hid it. And he thought his plan worked. It worked as well as Judas's plan to trade in Jesus for 30 pieces of silver. Because you can't hide from God. You can't fool God. Not only did God know the activity, He also knew the sinful, greedy thoughts and lies that Gehazi was telling himself at the start of this whole thing. He was caught. And as a result, Gehazi received the death sentence known as leprosy. And there was no cleansing for him. At least not that we hear about in Scripture. Being exposed by God's Word is not fun. When God's law says you are sinful, not just that you haven't murdered anyone, okay, you're good. You haven't committed adultery with anyone, okay, you're good. But far deeper to not just gross activities, but words, even thoughts, anything, any little thought that is less than loving, God's Word exposes that as sin and wrong. There's no such thing as a little sin. And we're guilty as charged. If that's where we would stay, that'd be a terrible, terrible past, present, and future. But that's why Jesus came, see? He came for people like Elisha and Naaman and Gehazi and us. He came to wash away anything that would stand between us and God. He came to pay the price for every greedy thought. He came to pay the price for everything you've told yourself that isn't loving. And then also all the unloving words and actions. Jesus died for every sin you've ever committed when you thought this earth was where it's at. And heaven isn't that great of a deal. I'm too busy with this to even care a whole lot about that. Jesus paid for all the sins of your inner Gehazi. And you're free. 
in God's eyes. Because his word has exposed your sin and then healed every spot it exposed. Like the best chemotherapy treatment possible, Jesus' blood wipes out all the bad and only leaves behind what is healthy and good. So you stand here today, having been exposed by God's word, clean, holy, precious, an heir of heaven, someone who will live even though they die, someone who has a tight relationship with God, only because of this, only because God's grace, not for sale, only a gift. And that changes everything in the way we go forward. If you found $5 million on the ground, you might say, cool, I'll pick it up, and I can't wait to give a generous gift of that to the Lord for his goodness to me, to help his gospel be clearly heard as many places as it can be. Or in a unusual situation that I, I can't even really dream up right now, but you might say, I'm just going to leave that right on the ground for someone else. And I'm not going to miss it. And I'm not going to worry about it like Elisha did. Because that is the best way to help God's word be clearly heard throughout the world. What you tell yourself in your thoughts when you advise yourself, let your inner Elisha come through. The one driven by Christ's love. The one that only thinks of God first, others next, me last. When it comes time to talk into other people, let that inner Elisha come through, that inner Christ-centered part of you that loves God first and others next and self last as you share with them you're sinful. But you have a Savior who offers you grace, not for sale, just a gift. In every decision that comes, as you're dealing with money, spending and saving and giving to the Lord, let God's grace drive. In our Bible study on Sunday morning last week, there was a, a quote from Martin Luther at the end of it that I know I've said before, and, and it might be repeat for a bunch of you, but it's, it's uh, so worth thinking about and repeating, in my opinion. I'm going to say it again, at the risk of boring you. Here is the quote. Martin Luther said, Live every day like yesterday was Good Friday. Today is Easter. Tomorrow is Judgment Day. Live every single day like yesterday Jesus died for my sin. Today He rose in victory, assuring me too of life after death. And tomorrow is Judgment Day when I go to glory and my problems stop forever. All because God's grace is not for sale. It's only a gift. Live each day like that. And when you do, your inner Elisha will come through and drive, be attached in heart to the things of heaven and not so much the things of earth. 
You'll be more generous than ever before and you won't even miss what you're giving away. Let your inner Elisha come through driven by Christ's love and let your inner Gehazi be destroyed as you're exposed by God's word and healed by his truth. Amen. Time is precious. Thank you so much for investing some of your time with us today. Could I ask you for one more favor? If you're enjoying this podcast, please don't forget to click subscribe and give us a rating. Just a few seconds of your time will help other people hear the simple, straightforward Bible message we offer. Thank you so much. God bless your day in Christ.